Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Hey folks, welcome back. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. I'm your co-host, Joe Lu, and today I'm joined with Pastor Lydia, who is a pastor of Transformation, um, co-founder of 180 Church, and wife to Dr. Sammy. And this week's message um, is titled, the tyranny of ignorance. And I think this was a very important and poignant message for me and, you know, a cause for great reflection in my life at this time because this message goes through how some of our self-interests, uh, the things that are sort of occupying our space uh, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and our ignorance regarding those things kind of come in the way of God's greater vision and God's plan and mission uh, for our lives as believers and those uh, that, you know, we are trying to reach through the gospel. And so I think this message just gave me a lot of reason to reflect and think about what some of those areas of self-interest really are, um, how they get in the way of God's mission. And um, my hope is that it also offers you the same as well. And so without further ado, here's Dr. Sammy. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. Well, welcome back, guys. As we've been exploring and excavating the book of Acts together, written by Luke, the physician to his friend Theophilus. We really been given a gift during COVID to stop and reflect about what and who we are called to be in this world. In the present darkness, in immense social unrest, and a battling a public health emergency globally, many people uncertain about their futures, many questioning how they're going to move on, how they're going to live. What a time to remember why, as I said last week, to remember where God has placed us in this moment, to pay attention to what God is doing in us and through us. And I think it's critical for us before we critique become social critics of the culture and start shooting on our ideologies and being an ideologue and that's what it means to be an idiot in many ways in the 21st century it's to spew your ideology or ideology to the rest of the world because you believe it's right you believe it's true we've seen through the lens of communism and in many different ideologies work out in the late 20th century that ideologies do not change culture. They bring out the worst in human nature instead. So ideas are not what we champion. So rather than shitting on people for believing what they do, one of the things I want to remind us as we go back, I want to go back retrospectively to Acts 1, the vision, the visio day of God must inform our missio day, our mission. 
and remember why God has placed us in the places he has. And as Gandhi said, we need to become the change we want to see in the world. Not demand the change we want to see. And that means before we start shooting on people's beliefs, we need to examine our own. We need to examine if we're pandering to our own self-interest and judging others. Because a lot of times, many of the issues that we see reflected in our culture is a result of ignorance and lack of self-awareness. Many people do not realize that they're racist, xenophobic. Many people don't think they are. Amy Cooper, with Christian Cooper, the incident at Central Park, in her statement, she says she isn't a racist. She, I think she really believes that. And so, if you want to change culture, I think we're going to have to rethink demonizing, polarizing people. <sighs> Folks, this current administration and the tensions that we see bleed out in our country did not happen in the last three and a half years. Yeah, maybe it was perpetuated and exaggerated by leadership values that people already held, but it didn't happen overnight. And so today, I, I really want us to go back and ask this question to ourselves. Where do we see in our own personal lives, not left-right issues, not even political issues, where we're pandering to our own self-interests over the kingdom of God. Because sometimes we can feel self-righteous and holy and Tao that we have no issues. And I want to show you today from scripture, that's not true. That even the early church the disciples struggled with pandering to self-interest over the kingdom, and it was actually a tension in their lives. So today, that's the question we want to answer. How do we overcome the propensity of self-interest? How do we go from self-interest to kingdom first? How do we do that? Moving from self-interest to kingdom interest. Let's go to the text and find out together. Hey guys, today's scripture reading is taken from Acts chapter 1 verses 1 through 8. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? 
He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or date the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That is the word of the Lord. Thanks, guys. Bye. So in the beginning, we asked a question, how do we move from self-interest to kingdom interest? How do we put God's interest first, the kingdom, his expansion, and the calling to restore the beauty in all things before our own positionality, our own identity, and our even social economic class? Because they're a lot more difficult than you might imagine when our character is tested, when we come against the grain of those values. And the first lesson we learned from this passage is we must recognize first the tyranny of ignorance in our own lives. Like I said in the beginning of this message, many people's struggles manifested in their life <clears throat> that we see today in our country that's divided racism xenophobia many of these things are hidden beneath the surface the implicit axioms that come out are actually not what people think that they believe in their head I mean, yeah they're a white supremacist and there are people that are explicitly that believe these things and value them but many do not in fact it only takes six verses in the book of Acts, for us to see the disciples pander to their own self-interest before the kingdom. Look here, in verse 6, right after Jesus is resurrected in their meeting, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Before Make America great campaign. Make Israel great again. Make America great again is not the original. Make Israel great again is. The apostles that would lead the church to the greatest revival in the history of humanity, in the history of Western civilization, in history period. Endodomini, at the beginning of the church, struggled. They were not exempt from the seduction and the temptation of tribalism and nationalism. Their question was simply, when will you make Israel great again? We're in captivity to Rome. We've been in captivity to Babylon. We've been in captivity to Assyria. We've been in captivity to Egypt. When will we be restored to the glory of King David and Solomon? When will you put Israel first? The, the tyranny of ignorance is a prison because much like racial strife, the lack of self-awareness is in anything new. You see the lack of awareness in the disciples. They really did ask, how can we make Israel great again? 
not the nations, <clears throat> not restore the beauty in all things, all creation. Their vision and their greed in many ways was what? Pandering to self-interest over the kingdom. So this really isn't a battle of ideology, but rather a battle of human nature. That's why there's such an immunity to change. Because this really goes against the grain of what humans have a tendency to do, right? None of us want to give away our advantage in sports, in business, in education. Because no matter how we say it or put it, in social theory, culture has built a system, a game, in many ways, and everybody wants to win. And no one wants to give away their advantage, their edge. So in many ways, what the gospel does is transform us and teaches us from self-interest to service, right? Kenosis, Jesus, is em Jesus emptying himself, that downward mobility, that's admirable. Mother Teresa taking a vow of poverty and serving those with leprosies, serving those who are, what, orphaned. Creating hospice. That was learned. So we have to learn to sacrifice. We have to learn to play nice. We have to learn to cooperate with others and win-win. That is not instinctive or, or primitive part of human nature. That's where the gospel has to come into play. Many of you who are having children and many of you who will in our church, our church mostly is very upward mobile people in our culture. You are already looking at neighborhoods of where you're going to live. And many of you who are still not very wealthy want to send your kids to the best school districts, right? Because education in this country, the more we talk about in inequality in this country and defunding the police, let me tell you, racism, systemic racism and inequality are a lot more complex those who have not studied it. Only those really with a doctoral education and those who really research understand the complexity and the various determinants that factor why things result this way but many of you will want to send your kids to number one number two districts because education in this country is divided by real estate the wealthier you are the better it is yes we integrated public schools but we didn't integrate equality so many of us will have the desire for justice and equality, but we'll still be tempted to say, when it comes to our kids, we're gonna want the advantage. That too has to be laid down. I struggle with that, and I'm being honest, right? I want my kids to go to Harvard, a, a premier university, to have an advantage, to do well in life, to flourish. Every parent does, every family does, that's democracy. And it works because of sin in many ways. So rather than pointing out the dust in those who we don't disagree with, the first real thing I want us to examine is the plank in our own and I, and the sin and self-pandering in our own hearts. 
So if we can become the change we want to see in the world, and that's the hard work, folks. That's why there's a fellowship. That's why we're meeting. That's why we're talking. Because we all need to go to the cross. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He says, but Father, may your will be done. May your kingdom come on earth as, as it is in heaven. That's the difficult part of walking and picking up your cross, taking up your cross. Jesus didn't mean on vacation and putting it on your neck as a symbol. He actually meant kenosis, emptying ourselves for the sake of the world, which is difficult when we have so much stuff that we prefer to have. So today I pray the Spirit of God would examine our own hearts before we start shitting on others, start pointing on the speck of dust in others' eye, the plank of our own. I pray the Spirit of God would bring repentance to our own lives. And the disciples were changed and changing. Amen. I pray the Spirit of God would convict you today of our own tendencies, propensities of pandering to our own self-interest before the kingdom. And pray the Spirit would start a deep work, a life work of becoming more like Jesus and representing that change to the world. That's a journey we're all on. And I'm not speaking to you as just you, but I'm talking about all of us on the journey as a friend along the journey. Amen. So the question we asked in the beginning was, how can we move from self-interest to kingdom interest? The second lesson we learned excavated in this passage is, recognize that only God's love can change the human heart. And that's so simple, but yet so difficult. Kenosis that Jesus, when he emptied himself, happened only because of love. The Bible tells us very clearly that he laid down his life for his friends, motivated by love. When you read this passage, can you imagine the dismay and how jilted the disciples have must felt when they asked to make Israel great again? Jesus, in sharp rebuke, said, my objective, my mission is not to make one nation great, but God's love to the nations great. And when the disciples in verse 8 heard God's plan, the Missio Dei, the Visio Dei influ influencing the Missio Dei, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, when they included Samaria, they must have been in shock. The eschatology of the kingdom's future included not only a mixed breed race that they felt they were, who were inferior and they were superior to, included the ends of the earth, included the inclusion of all the pagan nations which they believed did not deserve to be saved. Remember Jonah and his reluctance to 
preach to pagan, a pagan nation. Their heart, their heart was so insular to self-interest. And winning and tribal, they could not see God's plan. And for many of us, we see the, the speck of dust in other people's eyes, but we can't see the plank of our own. Our heart's been hardened, and only the Spirit, only God's love, the agape love of God, that died. Jesus didn't shed his blood for a nation, but the whole world, all of all creation. And so love has a capacity, right? Sacrifice has a capacity. And that's what God is calling us to. I remember as I was growing up, many, I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. Gen Xers are tend to know to vent and be cynical about everything. Millennials think about everything. You know, maybe think too much and do too little. And Gen Z, they don't think at all. They just do. <laughs> Obviously, we all have our weaknesses. And that's why we all need each other. We need to be critical and examine. We need to reflect and we need to take action. So imagine if we all join together of what we can do to change the world. But I remember as I was growing up, many people prayed in their youth when they had nothing. Lord, send me to the nations. And when I risked it all, sold all my possessions, really, and obeyed God to start a church with my wife and a great team, Many people thought I was crazy because they went from that extreme when they had nothing and when they gained so much, it was so hard for them to lose. They went from saying, Lord, send me to Africa, send me to the ends of the earth to proclaim your glory. glory. And now they were afraid to send their kids to a, a below subpar school district in the United States. Folks, we all pander to our self-interest. And many of us, our character is not tested until we're up against it. This is why the tyranny of ignorance ends. Not when knowledge, because we could know something to be true and something to be right, yet still not be able to carry it out. Because it's a love that changes our attitude and behavior. The greatest weapon against racism, greatest weapon against the social unrest in our culture is the love of God, the agape love of God. Is his love flowing in us and through us. And that's why Jesus says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes on you. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit pours the love of God in us and through us as a deposit, as inheritors of the kingdom. Today, many of us need the love of God or will pander to self-interest. And it will be a struggle, it'll be a chronic struggle for the rest of our lives because it's a chronic issue. It's not going to go away with one decision. Learning and growing in our capacity to sacrifice, to love, starts here and now. And it's a battle of attrition, it really is. But that with spirit, the Spirit's power and the love of God pouring into our lives, it's possible. So today, will you ask the Spirit to examine your heart. If you're filled with rage and not the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and you're filled with the gods of this world winning 
status, prosperity. Remember, Jesus to kenosis gave all that up. That's our calling, and that's why the cross is hard to take up. So will you pray with me today and ask the Spirit to really move in us? You know, I think as far as the sermon goes, I'm just going to go right in because there's a lot I think I took away from this message. And, you know, there's a lot I want to talk about as well uh, regarding um, the aspect of self-interest and also how how it's paired with our ignorance that I think this message really challenged me to think and reflect on, you know, what some of the things that I'm finding myself self-interested right now in this point of my life. And, you know, also, you know, coming to grips and realizing that, oh, like there is an element of ignorance in my life that prevents me from seeing how my self-interests are impeding or preventing me from really being able to live sort of this mission filled life or like this mission driven life uh, for the kingdom of God. Um, mm. Yeah. And so like, I think it, it, it's certainly, I don't think it's a very easy thing to discuss or to, you know, really reflect on where we might be ignorant or like, how do we even begin thinking about those things? But, you know, Pilot, I just wanted to get your take and your perspective also on like, I guess how our self-interests, contribute to our ignorance and you know i think dr sammy made the case and the point that you know it's it's like in the source and the root of these things that kind of it kind of manifests into the social unrest and like the problems we see on a global or a national scale at this point so i just wanted to get your perspective a little bit on what you thought about this message as well yeah i love the message and it was um it was very insightful um i think just even the tools or um keywords to help us to go into self-reflection and examination about the deeper things that might be affecting not just us but our the world around us mm -hmm. and um and the relationships and you know even extending from there to the bigger right mm -hmm. um I I love that it's, it, you know, he talks about kind of getting past the shoulds and not shutting on others, but really examining. And um, I know you said that, you know, it's not an easy thing to reflect on. Mm -hmm. And that's a great point because I think a lot of times we think, you know, certain things are you know, easier than others. But in my experience, if self-reflection is easy, I'm probably still confirming my own thoughts or own beliefs mm. about mm. things and not necessarily being corrected or learning. Because it's, I feel like a lot of times we live in this, um, mode of kind of expectation mode of we should know all things you know we should act right or if we act a certain way we should know but the truth is we're human beings and we have blind spots we have areas of ignorance where we're unaware about ourselves hmm. so i think the fact that it kind of brings us to self-reflection again is um very i think it's a really good direction um mm. and also it's encouraging to know that 
you know, all these things, all the shoulds that we might carry about ourselves to know and to do. Um, well, we all learn and grow and to have areas of growth and to be able to identify that, I think is really helpful um, for our goal. Hmm. Let's see. So, yeah. So I think it's encouraging because, you know, oftentimes we could kind of get discouraged like, oh man, I'm ignorant. Oh, I don't know something. And I think we go into defensive mode very quickly. But it's encouraging to know that actually to be missional, we have to be learning. To be missional, we have to be open that um, there are things we don't see completely. And that's okay. That's very normal. Um, so. Right. Right. I think that Oh, you're saying mm -hmm. sorry. Oh, no. I was just saying that it's oh. very gracious. Right. The heart of God. Right. Because, like, it's in this in these areas of ignorance where we're not really aware and we're not seeing the effects of our self-interest and how it's, like, detracting from the vision of God and, like, you know, what Christ came to accomplish on this earth. Like, like we're not – it's, like, it is gracious in what you're saying. And I think I just wanted to add to that in that – you know, it's allowing us to see how, you know, our ignorance and self-interest prevents us from really being able to live a missional life, right? It's like, it's not like we're expected to know how to already be missional, but it's the process of, you know, I think Dr. Sammy said it goes against our human nature to mm -hmm. be selfless and to love well, because like, self-interest is more primal. It's like a more um mm -hmm. human thing to do so that we can preserve and like to you know place ourselves in more advantageous situations but you know the gospel or you know christ mm -hmm. kind of offered or invited us into a life that sort of teaches us something else about how to go about life right that's not so you know adhering to our base needs and survival mechanisms right yeah and inviting us um into reliance on on the Lord again, that it is just like, you know, the Lord told um, the disciples to wait here in chapter one of Acts, like wait here um, for the spirit. In the same way, it is impossible for us to extend ourselves beyond the primal, right? The primal mm -hmm. needs and modes um, of self-survival or self-preservation without the help of God. And to know that the spirit's power is not just empowerment for functionality, but it is the power to enable us to love beyond our own capacity of, mm. of humanity. I think that's, you know, very, very important point um, to arrive to, to live on. So I love that it brings us into deeper reliance on the Lord, on the spirit mm. of God to love. Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Because, like, you know, I think one of the things that, like, about this message that I felt was really compelling was that, you know, like, if we can examine these areas of self-interest and, like, knowing that, you know, that it's just a very human thing for us to have. Like, we all are, like, I guess, struggling with something that, you know, supersedes or comes into conflict with what God is really doing. It's like, it, it allows us to really examine and see how or why maybe like 
we're maybe we're not really seeing the power of God manifest in our lives or like we're not really seeing um God's work at hand because of these things that kind of come in the way, these self-interests that come in the way. And a lot of times we're not even aware of it, right? Like we're not even we, we don't even realize that we are you know operating in sort of like this veil of ignorance regarding, you know, whatever it is that we're self-interested in, right? Um and yeah, I guess like yeah, go on. Oh, um, was that part? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I, I have a feeling that you were going to answer the question I was going to ask because, like, the question was, like, you know, like, I guess, like, where do we even, like, begin to start addressing or seeing these areas of ignorance and, like, you know, starting to see, like, how God is working in our lives through them, you know? Yeah, I, I, you know, I feel like um, a lot of times as Christians, we can be very, like, result oriented mm. and, go from a place of like hearing a message like this, like, oh, okay, so I won't do that. And we don't realize we're already shitting on ourselves mm-hmm. without a reflection and reliance on, um, on, on the spirit of God and not just ourselves and our own instincts, you know, or even like not growing and learning. But the whole thing about growing and learning and growing in self-awareness and growing in reliance with the Lord is a process, I think. And whether that process is, you know, in understanding in the moment through a conversation with the Lord or, you know, turning to the Lord or with someone else, um, you know, a gross conversation or, you know, like alignment conversation, you know, I'm just kind of like simplifying it, but, or sometimes that process of realizing that also has like another layer of okay well i'm realizing this and a light Mm. bulb goes on and now you're kind of in a place where you have to see how that affects you and others and how there is a change or what that change looks like or would look like with the world outside of yourself you know to even a bigger circle so i think you know, it's kind of important for us to understand that it was a process for the disciples then, and it's a process for us now. That there is no, just because we're in a place where we're kind of overcoming self-unawareness or unawareness or ignorance, that it doesn't just all of a sudden light bulb turns on and everything is going to be okay because we realize that we can be, but mm. it's a process of how that affects us personally and how that affects the people around us. And mm. that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. Because I think like even having, like beginning to be aware of even those self interest is like, I think in my experience, just scratching the surface, right? Of like mm-hmm. the deeper implications or like the deeper um, effects of our self interest, right? Because like, you know, when I was thinking about the sermon and sort of like trying to reflect on how it applies or like where my areas of self-interest are, it's like I always I always kind of knew that self-preservation, survival and security were kind of like the themes in my life that um, like I operate under for in terms of self-interest. Um, but that didn't necessarily show me just like how how much it affects my life, like my personal life and my relationships right it's like it's like when we're like even beginning to know what your self-interests are is just the beginning of the process of i think what god might be doing right like is and i was wondering if you know if that's like yeah speaks to that experience 
Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Um, I think we forget that um, actually change happens incrementally because it happens with an understanding um, of what God is saying to us. And it's it, it's much sanctification, becoming like Christ, being aligned to the mind of Christ, um, you know, becoming missional to be outside of and beyond ourselves is really a process that doesn't just happen overnight, you know? Mm. So I think when you are referring back to your personal experience of realizing that, you know, I think you said like, I've always known that survival and uh, I forget the other word was always uh, an area of yours, right? Mm. Something like that. Um, But I could probably trace back to even in conversations in this podcast where you came to realize that, like, for example, you may have always had an inkling, right? But it was through like, I remember, um, what is it? Fasting through Lent season, Ah, yeah. you know, like praying about and understanding and God telling you, actually, he, he really convicted you to fast, um, worrying about money, like for example, right? Mm-hmm. And um, understanding why throughout Lent and practicing not worrying and trusting. Like it happens in a process through increments. Mm. Um, And so I think it's encouraging for people to, I think, know that, you know, for all of us to know that change happens, you know, through increments and not just one moment of understanding and everything else makes sense as a result, you know, but, you know, so, Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's not all one shot. Like, you know, Josh, he gets certain points of rewards for, you know, reading, right? Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of times he'll try to kind of, and, you know, as parents and as, you know, like when your parents told you to read as a kid, it's not because they wanted you out of their, you know, whatever, like get out of the way, but it's really because it benefits the child to read, right? So that, that reading discipline is kind of encouraged earlier on. Mm. So as like, you know, to not be so formal about it, but so we've been telling Josh to read and he gets um, points of rewards of something that he, it makes it worthwhile for him, right? And then um, he started this thing where he realized once that he could not read throughout the week, right? Mm. And get it all in one shot by pushing it off and kind of doing it in one shot. And then he'll read for a long time once. And then... um Sam realized that's what he was doing. So he actually said indirectly, like, sometimes, you know, like you have parent conversation so your kid could hear. Mm. So it's not so harsh. Yeah. So Sam to me like, oh, Josh can't get those. Um, oh, what was it like? The, um, like he can't get his prize if he reads in one shot. He has to read every day, you know? Mm. And then um, you could hear like, him understanding that in the other room, like, okay, I need to really change this because I can't just put it off to that one time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think it's like that, you know, because why do we want him to do that? 
why does God want us to grow incrementally? And whether even if we want to be super Superman, like have superpowers and grow in one shot? Well, because we will always have blind spots and we will always have areas of ignorance where we have to grow. So it has to happen in increments. So I think that's why it's so great, you know, to have messages like this that really in a world where we're being told of shoulds and expectations of what mm. to be, what not to be, um, kind of going back into being focused into the Lord's voice of what is, what is my purpose here, Lord? Like, what is it that you are um, asking of me? And he never asked just, out of performance, but there is always an aspect of self growth for the sake of others. And it benefits us and it benefits others, you know, and it mm. happens incrementally. So mm. I guess my long comment or long answer for that, because it's so important, you know, right. it's not a one graduation. Right. Yeah. Um, and I guess like from what you're saying, so one of the takeaways that I got is that, you know, ignorance kind of prevents us from being able to grow in those increments, right? It's because like, I think like what Dr. Samuel was saying is that it's in these areas of ignorance and like us not being aware, that is where a lot of our, how people should live their lives stems from, right? And like, that's mm -hmm. what's like contributing to like, I guess on a broader scale, like polarization and demonizing others but even on a personal scale like we think and judge others about like how they live their lives you know based off like what we think they should do but that's really not that's really limiting in the fact that it's like not really allowing us to open our eyes i guess if i'm trying to think of the best way to think about mm -hmm. this but like open our eyes to what god might be doing because it's like we're, we're we're locking ourselves into our narrow framework in our ignorance but you know, we're missing what God is really doing on the big picture scale of, you know, I guess how, like, I guess the ways in which he's advancing his kingdom or like the work that he's doing at the end of the day. Yeah, because I think like expecting others to change the shoulds really is in many ways, like something that we don't have control over. So the, f the focus to be on others to change and not realizing that, there are areas where um, we need to look um, within to, through the Lord, like to understand where our areas of growth is. Mm. I think it's really the, the reversal is a way, um, empowering way and better way to live because we have control over our own actions. I mean, to the extent of, uh, you know, to an extent, but we don't have control over others. And I think a lot of times the focus is that like, well, you should be like this. Why aren't you like that? Well, I think the Lord always calls us to um, re-examine our own. And that's why I like to not judge, but mm. to examine and to hear from the Lord, Lord, like, what's my part in this world? Instead of kind of telling everyone what their part is in the world, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, mission focus right um i guess this is just kind of question i had for you about this is this like is this like ongoing conflict and battle between self-interest and kingdom interest something that you practice regularly as in like is this something that just you think about as a result of trying to live your life for christ or is this like something you had to like implement into your life yes of course <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's definitely a practice that I'm Im implementing in my own personal life. Mm. I mean, it's it. This is what it means to be a Christian to become like Christ. You know,、mm. this is what John the Baptist meant when he said, "Less of me and more of you, Lord." You know,、mm. um, because truth is, there's a lot of us, and a lot of it is wrapped up in insularity of our own、uh, focus, our own interest, our own understanding of things, and the Lord is always calling us out of that insularity of what we think is enough.、Mm. And calling us out into the world to Judea、mm. to Samaria symbolically, but for us,、um, literally for them, which meant like they it, they probably felt it was so absurd. But for us, like you know, that we're meant to share this love, you know. But、mm. if we're gonna share love, then we better have that love, you know.、Mm. So definitely, it's、yeah. a practice for all of us to become like Christ.、Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just curious, and I was—I wanted to ask that question because I feel like there's so many times, right? Because, like, as I was thinking about how, I guess, because like I'm starting—I'm starting to see that my self-interest now was not necessarily like my self-interest before,、um, mm. right? Like, I feel like now being so consumed by security and you know survival,、um, whereas before it was something more along the lines of like, you know, like. I, I guess significance, or like trying to be like significant to others, or like have a you know mattering and stuff like that.、Um, mm -hmm. I feel like there was certainly a change or a transition from the things that I was concerned about, or like the worldly things I was concerned about. And you know, at each stage in life, I feel like I'm just so consumed or like so wrapped up in my self interest, and like I'm ignorant to like how it's affecting my life and such like that. And so I was just wondering if there was like. Was it over time, or was it again like with incremental growth? Was it like a practice and growth that you were able to like, I guess, think and reflect on, you know, the competing interests and the you know self interests that get in the way of what God is doing? Yes, definitely.、Mm -hmm. I think、um, if I look at my own relationships. Um, I've always said, God, I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better mom. I want to be, you know, I would have great, great lists of、mm -hmm. goals, right?、Um, but it's only when you're actually in relationship and in conflict, in resolving conflict, admitting wrong,、um, realizing that there are things I can't see about myself that affects others in negative ways, like、mm -hmm. things like that.、Um, That there are blind spots that I didn't know. Like I didn't mean to hurt my kids, but something I said a certain way gave them the wrong message. You know,、mm -hmm. like things like that.、Um, I think I would not have explored on my own because in my own mind of intention, that's not my intention. That's not my interest. But it's I was blinded to those things. You know. And why? Like, why? Why do I act like that? So I think definitely, like the self, the growth.、Um, you know, like, and I, I do want to make this point. It's not just like a self growth or self help, but really growing in like the Lord's grace and the grace of others.、Um, and in truth, really helped me to really achieve the goal better. 
of becoming a better wife, better mom, you know, mm. uh, all these things because I guess, yeah, like you said, like their self-interest changes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as your life grows as well and as your circumstance grows as well sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I guess as those values are being tested, like it was really a test of, do you really mean what you say? Or do you really pat yourself on the back because these are your goals? (laughs) So I had to really um, work on those as well. Like really turn to God, really rely on others to, you know, grow. Hmm. See? Yeah. I mean, there's just, because I feel like one of the things I definitely get worried about is that, you know, as much as like I want to be like, aligned emotionally or like to live my life in terms of the vision that God has and Christ has. It's like Christ has for me. There's just like so many, there's like times in which, you know, there's deviation from that because of whatever self-interest takes place in our heart. And, you know, what I'm starting to recognize is that like, I'm not aware or like I've been ignorant about, you know, how, this self-interest is, um, I guess, taking space in my heart and like, like causing me to act or behave in a certain way that's not really aligned to God's mission, right? Because like, I think one of the things that I've been realizing is that, you know, with security, like at this point in my life with security, um, and as much as I'm aware that this is one of the uh, interests in my life, I wasn't necessarily seeing how this was preventing me from doing God's mission well, or like at least to a degree, right? Because it's in the fact that I'm so concerned about preserving myself and like not losing things or, you know, um, upholding a certain, like, like upholding a certain level of comfort in my life that it, it prevents me from really risking for people or like really risking for mission or for the gospel and such like that. And, um, I guess the reason why I'm going into that is because I think like there's so many things that like, even though like our hearts might want to do mission, right? Or like to do what God cares about and like what we care about for the kingdom. Um, it's, the, it's this human nature in us, right? Like it's like, it's, the, it is this, um, primal primordial thing about us that like, I guess, comes in conflict and gets in the way of living this really downward mobility life um, that Christ exemplified or that Christ lived. And, you know, I guess I was wondering um, in terms of that, like, how, like, how do we like grow um, or like, like in what ways can we like combat this ignorance? Right. Like, cause sometimes I feel like I, I, I catch it too late or something like that. Or like, I, I like miss the mark because uh, I've been so wrapped up in my ignorance. Mm-hmm. Well, how did it help you? How did how were you able to catch it? I think what helped me was certainly um, conversations with uh, you and Dr. Sammy. Um, you know, conversations with my partner and girlfriend, um, and it's like I think it's like ex- exploring these things that I was maybe resistant to um, mm-hmm. because like, these are not like, like as much as like, I know that security and survival is 
playing a huge role in my life right now. It's it's not like something that I necessarily wanted to change, right? Because I was so I was so hung up on it, or like I I like held it so close to my chest, in that you know if I lost this part of me, like you know I would lose control or something like that, right? Um, mm-hmm. but I think it was like an allowance of exploration in this area or talking about it candidly or even like or even like sharing that I'm struggling with this it was like the first step in which that I was able to like have an understanding like oh yeah I was like totally self like totally unaware um that this is like a problem or like this is an issue right Mm -hmm. so it was in conversation that um kind of not only shed light but gave you permission to know that it's okay that you struggle Mm. but that you that there are areas of change right that right is that what you're saying yeah i think so i think there's definitely like areas that um needed improvement right but i was not uh, well, at first, the resistance is like I'm, I was not willing to budge on this area um, mm-hmm. for whatever, like, I guess, like self-control or like control reasons and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But it like required a process of like being. Yeah, I think permission was big, right? Like it was it was like in the areas where I wasn't giving myself permission um, to like try and grow out of this or like try and work these things through it was when others were able to show me that you know i have permission or that i'm I'm allowed to try and do something about these things or like at least acknowledge it and give it to god um Mm -hmm. you know yeah i think that's very important right i think a lot of times what gets in the way is the shame of not having arrived in our minds or a lot of times we operate in the shoulds without even realizing it, you know? Mm. So we say we have all the goals. Well, don't you know, this is my intention. And, and then when people lovingly point out, yeah, we know that's your intention, but this is kind of how things are. I think is when, um, when said in love and, you know, in the grace and truth, it is when I think change is able to happen and growth is able to happen. Hmm. There's a learning that actually happens where there's change, not just understanding. And I think that's what Sam was talking about. Like, it's not really about knowledge. It's not about what you know you should be, hmm. but it's really understanding and knowing that you can't be that on your own, that you need the spirit to love that you need him each day to love, not just one shot of understanding, but you need water every day you need the spirit each day and to know that that's okay like god god already understands like you don't have to prove to god your intentions per se he already knows um but if your goal is to really change if my goal is to really change in these areas admitting to them is okay and working Mm -hmm. on them is okay because i think god has a growth mindset for us way better than I think we do for ourselves in every area of our lives. And so, mm. yeah. I see. Um, I know <laughs> that 
I, I feel like there's a lot of grace in this and that God brings us to these areas of realization and like, I guess, providing, shedding light in these areas of ignorance and darkness, right? Um, that kind of all happens in God's timing. Um, but there is like an active role that I don't mean to say should, but I guess like as Christians and as believers, um, that we can also do something to mm-hmm. combat ignorance and stuff like that. So I was wondering if you, if you knew about like, is there like a certain posture or attitude that we can go about our lives? Cause like, I think, you know, ignorance and like lack of self-awareness kind of like is a posture of, you know, I, I know better, right. To a degree, or I have a, I have a certain understanding about this that, um, like, you know, is, or like, yeah, I, I guess like what I'm trying to say is that we think we know better is why we are kind of stuck in that fixed mindset about things, right? Like if, like I thought I knew better about how to take care of myself and providing for myself and I was not very open to the ways that God was trying to provide for me or what kind of like bread or water that God was trying to provide for me, right? Um, I guess I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the aspect of attitude and posture in regards to, um, you know, like how, cause I think you were also right. Like there is an aspect of shame to ignorance, right? Um, which, you know, contributes to fear and like us not having it all together. But, um, what, what kind of posture or like what kind of attitude do you think, uh, you try to approach, uh, these, like these pockets of ignorance and self interest in your life? And, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. Hmm. I guess like, the attitude, um, is to not compare mm. so much. I think there's so much comparison of what we should be versus what mm. is really happening that I think our trajectory kind of becomes very focused on others in a very unhealthy way that it actually ends up projecting on others um, what the world should be, what the system should be, what and not so much focused on um, how we can contribute to the world, how we mm. can contribute to mission and what is my part. You know, so I think it's really the attitude, I guess, of having growing mindset, but also um, like kind of like what you said, like a lot of times we don't know. We, we have an assumption about mm-hmm. how God will do things, but. God does things so differently, whether it's how he provides for us, you know, or how mm. he will work in someone's life that we care about, um, to find him, find Jesus. Like, so I think it's, I guess it's also a check, uh, in our attitude to kind of step back to admit on a regular basis, mm. I don't know everything. Like, I, I, for sure, I have not arrived, but I don't know everything. I am, always going to see in part but you know what the bible says what paul says is even prophecy all these gifts seem part but love is really the fullness of all like mm. it's the wholeness of everything that so that's why i think ultimately why we need to rely on the spirit so it's really the attitude of relying on the spirit each day because we can't see everything um we can't know everything 
you may have had a conversation with a friend that you're, you're praying for, but you're not aware in the moment that after your conversation, that person had a conversation with someone else and experienced some uh, an encounter somewhere else. And the convergence of everything is what is leading that person closer mm. to knowing Christ, you know, going from agnosticism or, you know, feeling belligerent towards faith to maybe understanding that God is, you know, paying attention to him or her. Like these things happen not really in plain sight because we can't see it all. So I think the attitude of humility, I guess, is really about relying on the Lord and saying, Mm. what's my part, Lord? Like, I'm not going to save the world. I'm not going to save that person. But what is the part you want me to play? Like, what is the responsibility you want me um, that that I can take on, that I can do, you know, with your help, you know? So, so, so that there's no checking out, like I can't do it. Right. So forget it. I'm not going to do it. You know, I think there's a lot of out of that or, but there's an understanding of responsibility of the mission of the part that we're taking as a whole and ultimately empowered by, by the spirit. So I guess that's kind of an attitude check to know that we only see mm. in part, we know in part, but all we can do is really do our part in love. And that love is really not yeah. of our own. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I think I'm learning also that, you know, as much as I, I guess like you, like love is a learned behavior. Is, is that, is that, accurate enough to say it, right like because i think one of my takeaways also from this message is that you know we aren't really equipped to love well given that we're so concerned with our self-interests but it's in i guess realizing and actually seeing how our self-interests and our ignorance kind of contribute to this problem where like we are judging others um, and we are in conflict with one another. It, it, it divides us and separates us from relationship. But it, it seems like through what the gospel teaches us and what, through the life of Christ and from the early church, um, what we're seeing is that how the gospel, you know, sets aside our self-interest so that we can place Christ, God, and others before our own. And that's not necessarily like a natural thing in this world right like that's that's a learn that's a learned behavior um given certain values right yeah and i i guess um i would add to that and say love is not a feeling because i think that some people are more prone to the yeah. feeling of affection and they will feel affection and therefore will feel like they're fulfilling a role of love but actually love is not a feeling it's, it's really mm-hmm. a commitment right of faithfulness to some to to someone so therefore i this is just like a thought that i had but i think a lot of times we go okay well i love well so i'm on the category of love like okay all i need to do is love then let me love and then i think there's a generalization Mm. about that love because love is often mistaken as a feeling like oh i'm way more romantic than that Mm. that person you know so I must be head of the game in this. But meanwhile, like, let's say mm. that a guy is thinking that, right? 
like, oh, I'm way more romantic <laughs> than that, bro. You know, like, I'm not at all, bro, but like, you know, like, yeah. and, um, he, and he feels like, oh, I'm way mm. better in the love game. I love my, you know, significant other better. Well, you know, I, I do well, way better in this area of making her feel happy. But actually, it's not about feelings. While meanwhile, the significant other might be saying, okay, you're romantic, but can you please work on these things that mm. I've been speaking to you about? Like, can you really be responsible in these areas? I know you're romantic. Yes, you set great dates and you do extra special things. And yes, little things matter so much. But there are these things that, um, that I feel you are mm. ignoring because you feel they are not important. But they're actually important to us. They're important to our family. They're important to mm. who you're becoming, you know? So... I think even for those who feel that they are like very loving, I think it is an examination, it's a call to examination. Like, okay, I love well, I set great, you know, I don't know, like mm. great dates, great picnics, you know, I know how to set the mood, but do I really love well on the mundane? Like, do I really love well on the things that are inconvenient, the things that come hard that are difficult mm. for me? You know, going the extra mile in areas and ways that I normally would rather not and would rather someone else does for me. Um, so I think love is so wholesome in that it, it we can't do it alone, but that our growth in love, our learning in love um, is so comprehensive and it's really possible through the, mm. through the Spirit's help. And I bet if we were to look back um, we could step out of ignorance of the areas where we're insular and we think we're doing really well. Um, and perhaps there are, you know, it's not to say that we're not doing yeah. well in certain, you know, that you're not working hard in these things. But there are areas, I think, that we can all grow and the spirit enables us to grow in mm -hmm. those areas in love so that we can be more than just what we you know, what we settle to be or pander um, in self-interest to mm. become. I guess, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to take <laughs> that all in. Cause like, I think that's something I'm certainly trying to learn now um, because, you know, I think you're right. There are aspects about love that are, I guess not that I'm learning that are not like what you would expect from what we're told by media or like, um, culturally about love, right? Like the whole romantic, um, you know, feely good stuff. And, um, you know, that, that notion of love, there's like something beyond that, like what Dr. Sam was talking about, the agape love, like something beyond this, I guess, like cultural idea mm -hmm. or notion of love that is being really addressed, um, in this message, right? Like, that's fundamentally what changes people like this unconditional love for others. And I guess I'm like, I say it sort of like in, in that vague general sense, because maybe I don't know yet quite what that love means, like what agape love really means. Um, but I guess I also wanted to ask you about that. Like what, like, what is this, I guess, like what is agape love? And like, I guess, um, what is God? Or like, how does this like change people, right? Like what, what is it about love that from God, from the father that, you know, 
compels us towards change. I think we've all experienced this love. If you you're a follower of Christ, I think we just often forget because、mm-hmm. of our own default modes. But、um, it is uh, okay. It's an example. It is the love that you know that you're forgiven when you actually don't deserve forgiveness.、Mm-hmm. Um, it is. The love that you know that you're unconditionally loved, even though you feel like you haven't arrived in perfection, or that you're never going to be perfect. The fact that the performance of our action doesn't matter, but it's the fact that because、mm-hmm. we we are his children,、um, that he loves us and he cares about us, about us to raise us, to lead us.、Um, it's. It's a really powerful love. I think that you know, Bible says that、um, we love because、mm. He first loved us. So any true, genuine love that comes from us in loving our children and loving the people around us, if there's any genuine love of that, it's because we've experienced、mm. it、um, from God. So. Yeah, it's so powerful. Like talk, thinking about saving grace, forgiveness of our sin. It's not just,、uh, I guess, reiteration. It's not redundant because it、mm-hmm. is that love, that all-encompassing love of the Father that sees all, knows all, cares so much to、um, to save us through His Son Jesus Christ. Like at the cost、mm-hmm. of His own Son's death. The risk of that love, like it's an un—it's almost like incomprehensible, undes-、mm-hmm. indescribable love, but it definitely demonstrated is very clear、mm-hmm. that he loves us. You know, it's the love that really gets me lost every day. If I really right, think about it, because it's just like beyond <laughs> our scope of reasoning, right? Because like. I guess what self-interest I think, or like what I've been thinking about, is that what self-interest does is that, like, there's like almost conditional love, right? Like, there's like, what what benefits you, or like if we do something, like let's say like there was like a deal, right? Like someone would have to benefit from it, right? Like someone would have、mm-hmm. to like win or like get、mm-hmm. something out of it. But like when it comes to agape love, it doesn't really make worldly or like cosmopolitan sense in the sense that like. It, it like it, it just like it doesn't, you know, like what, why, like you know, like I guess it's just like why, why, do, <laughs> why do I get forgiven for my shortcomings? Like, shouldn't there be a punishment? Like, why am I accepted even if it's like I'm, I have nothing to show for acceptance? You know, right? Like, it's like it's really unfathomable, right? Like, it's like beyond this world, and like. I think one of the greatest arguments that I've heard about、uh, faith, and I'm sure I heard it from Doctor Sammy, is just like if we're experiencing this, right? Like as far as the C.S. Lewis quote goes, like amongst all these mud pies, it's the fact that we can experience agape love in our lifetime, and we do that points to something greater, like something beyond this world that we experience, right? And yeah,、um, it's 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 supernatural, isn't it? Like agape love. <laughs> Yes, it is not of this world. It、mm. is supernatural. Yes. Yeah. 
mind blowing, but it's it, it's enough to be conceived to understand to know. It's tangible enough mm. <laughs> to know what this love is, and that I think that's love too. That he loves us up close, not from afar. He demonstrated his love yeah. through his son Jesus Christ, right? And he demonstrates it through the pouring of his spirit each day of the reminder that the life we live on this earth can be fulfilling. Um, it can benefit not just us, but others because mm -hmm. someone is willing to help us. Like the pouring of the spirit is like, ugh, mm. I don't know, mind blowing. That kind of help mm. is mind blowing. Yeah. Um... I guess one of my other questions also is that, you know, like Dr. Sammy mentioned kenosis, right? Emptying self. Um, and, you know, that process is like laying down all of our self-interests at the cross and, you know, like making the space for uh, what the Holy Spirit is doing and being filled by the Spirit so that we are positioned to love and love well, right? Um, and I'm wondering, is it like, can we, like, how does that work, right? Like, I, I'm wondering if like, it's, because it's like, when we are first accepted and experienced agape love, it's not like we were emptied at that point, right? It was like, kenosis is sort of the mm -hmm. process of continuing to empty ourselves for God. Um, is that what we've mm -hmm. been like, kind of talking about this entire time about, you know, relinquishing our self-interests and becoming aware of our ignorance so that, you know, we can embark on God's mission, like the Messio Day, like Dr. Sammy was talking about. Yeah, because like, you know, for Christ to come on this earth, he literally let go of his divinity, but also the fact that he is um, like yeah. the king of kings, right? So not just become human, but he actually let go of his, of like the greatness of mm. his majesty, right? And furthermore, he died on the cross, which is the most shameful death. Um, and I think if you look around him, there was competing commitments all the time. Like people had self interest, and it shows that like when. Jesus tells the disciples to stay here and wait for the spirit in Acts 1, for example. They're like, oh, are you about to restore? The when will you yeah. restore the kingdom of Israel? And so even though something great of the spirit is about to happen, people are always kind of thinking, okay, how is this going to benefit me and mm -hmm. the things I've been wanting? So there's always a the story of, um, I guess, self-conflicting mm -hmm. self-interest, right? And the example of kenosis is such a not such an admirable admirable um, ex, um, example and a model for us is because in this world we will always struggle with self interest. It will always be that how is this going to benefit me? And we often forget um, that there is something greater than our own, um, I guess, satisfaction and their, our own, I guess, need for things and need for status and greatness. And I think 
Jesus really shows us to mm. lay it down when the mm. conflict is there. He shows us to lay it down and to put his kingdom first, to know that God already knows the things we need and that he will give them to us already. Like, I think it's kind of like, it's most difficult. I think Kenosis like is most difficult um, be- when we have something in mind that we want and we want to hoard it as much as possible because we don't mm. want to lose control over it. And we feel that it conflicts with the plans of God, but it's even then laying it down and not, um, not taking control over our, I guess, our future of existence and greatness, but to trust the Lord by laying it down and say, Lord, I want to live for the plans that you have for me. You know, that laying it down is constant consistent as well as um one time when we lay it down at first Mm. and say lord lead my life come in um lead my life forgive me of my sins and lead my life so i think once again we're at that place of self-examination where the things that we're living for and fighting for and fiending Mm. for drooling over i guess losing focus over um, to lay it down and say, Lord, I want to live for the plans that you have for me. I want to live out the will of God. Um, even if it means that these things, um, will not be part of the picture, even if it means that these things will submit to your greater plan. It's, I think it's acknowledging and saying, God, I want to lay it down. So laying it down is like very powerful. You know, the act of hypnosis is really powerful. It's a lot more daily and practical in struggle and fight, you know, hypnosis mm. and laying it down. Right. And it's like a very intentional act of putting those things before, you know, at the feet of the cross, at the, at the feet, at the foot of the cross. Um, so that, so that it does like place priority and utmost importance of what god's the kingdom advancement rather like the kingdom mission at the end of the day because like i think what i'm what i'm sort of thinking and i'm already envisioning for the future just like what kind of things that we have to lay down at each stage Mm -hmm. of our life right like uh, dr sammy was mentioning how you know it's like you know what school district does do the kids go to right like you you there's like these competing self-interest at every point in someone's life just like how i'm seeing that my like whatever i'm interested in like 10 years ago is very different from today because like as much as i felt like my self-interest in the past was significance you know now it's like something i don't know if i've like gone through it but like at this point it's security right and it's like it feels very hard right and i think we have this saying right like new level new devil right um and I'm wondering, right? Like at mm-hmm. every stage in our life, I think our character is going to be tested. Um, right. And I think that's sort of what we're preparing ourselves for because there are, there are forces of evil that are trying to rob us of, you know, I think what God is trying to accomplish in us and through us. Um, so I guess I was just sort of asking in to like, like, I guess, how do we stay vigilant about these things, right? Because, like, I think these, 
the self-interest are almost very subtle, right? Like it's not like they're so blatant or apparent that like, you know, we're like being um, obsessed with power, money or success and things like that, right? It's like, it's like these very subtle ways in which we engage in our relationships and engage in our lives, right? And so I was wondering, um, do you have any like tips, resources or tools about like how to be vigilant about, you know, um, the ignorance and the and the pandering to our self-interest? You know, I was thinking about this after the message. And um, I guess the way that I, I was kind of, you know, thinking about it is when you love, when you love God, you are committed mm -hmm. to him, right? So you would um, pursue that relationship and everything about it in the same way, like when you love someone, you would be committed, mm -hmm. right? To that person. And I think, I feel like that's kind of key. A lot of times we look at, oh, okay, we have to lay ourselves down. Okay. A lot of times it becomes like something we do and we forget again that it's mm. about someone that, that it's really got, this is, we're talking about a relationship with God. And, um, I know that when I love someone, I would not want to forego or for forfeit that privilege of relationship mm. with that person, you know, um, not to get like, you know, theological or anything. Um, but just saying that I think sometimes we forget that it's a person and it, that person is God. And I think it's also self-examination is not about what should I fix about myself, but it's really mm -hmm. a call to return to God and to rely on God and to know that God, like, this is hard for me. God, like I'm struggling in this area. I'm worried about this. And I, to say, God, I fear what if I can't choose you, but I want to choose you, but this, I can't do this apart from you and really relying on the love of God. God, would you show me that, you know, that you are in control? So there is an aspect of relationship. I think we often could forget about and when it just becomes a, something mm. that we do for yeah. a goal. So I think it's, uh, returning to God and a reliance mm. to God. But it's really a spirit because she says without a spirit, we can't relay, rely on him without his help. We can't turn to him. So we need right. God, you know? Right. So what I'm, what I'm, it's so simple, but you know what? Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I can see that. I feel like in terms of, what you're saying about that is like it, it's as simple as relationship with God, right? And commitment with God. Um, but I guess like, yeah. you know, my mm -hmm. inclination and predisposition about certain things is just like, there's like a function I have to do or like a role I need to play in order to like maintain my relationship with God. But it's like, at the end of the day, like it's really like yeah. love, like being changed by the love of God myself is the driving force and the catalyst for, continuing to want to live my life for God and continuing to lay things down so that I can live for God. Right. 
Yeah, it's really growing in um, like learning about who God is. Like people who have trusted God will tell you, I trust him way more now, even though mm. things are a lot mm -hmm. harder, for example, because God always will prove that he is yeah. good, you know, and people who have, have trusted him will understand that despite the circumstance. Mm. So um, I think... Hmm. Yeah. That's definitely true. I feel like that's a very poignant thing you said because it's like, I feel, even though, like, truth be told, like, I think I was journaling about this this morning, right? And um, I'm also reading Victory Over the Darkness. Um, and it's, there's like this, I'm mm. just really early into it, but there's just this one point where he was explaining, uh, Neil T. Anderson was explaining, like, that it was in like some of the toughest moments of his life that he was at the end of his resources and it was there that he had to learn to depend on God's process and not his own. Um, and uh, mm. I definitely felt that to a degree because I think certainly this has been one of the hardest years of my life. Um, even like this season mm -hmm. in my life of like uh, attending school um, for this pre-med program, and such like that. It's definitely been the hardest, like internally and even externally, um, on all fronts. Um, and therein, I think mm -hmm. at this point, I find that my, like, I, I know for one thing that's certain and consistent in my life is God always pulling through for me and providing for me in ways that I didn't expect. And like, mm -hmm. I have no, I have like, I have no, I think I, I like, like Anderson said, like, he ran out of his own resources and just like how I feel like I ran out of my own resources or like mm -hmm. my plans and like my schemes and stuff like that is where like I had to begin to learn to trust in God with uh, my life and like what he's doing in my life. And that's like, I've never really felt closer to God um, in that. Right. Because like there is that dependence mm -hmm. and like the need for god like i can't i i really can't do this on my own you know and i think that was that was definitely mm -hmm. one of the biggest learning lessons for me um during the pandemic and just in general right like i'm not i like i'm not doing this mm -hmm. alone and i'm i'm doing this with god uh with christ and with uh, a beautiful community of believers that i'm so blessed to be a part of you know and um it just gets it just gets mm -hmm. me thinking right like it's like there like it's it's in that relationship dynamic and like really returning to the basics about like how much god loves me and how much i love god that is like mm -hmm. kind of like cementing all or not cementing but like kind of gluing all the loose ends together in regards to like you know trying to stay on a path that is like for christ right mm -hmm. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's it's like that's that's it though, right? Mm -hmm. Turning to God. That's you know, the song that we sang at the ministry time is based on um Paul's prayer when he says, God, your power is made perfect mm -hmm. in my weakness. You know, Stephen Curtis Chapman writes about that. He said that only way we will really truly know your strength is when mm -hmm. our strength has run out. And so, and once again, you come and prove 
um, I, I forget the words and I sang it, I forget, <laughs> but it's, he mm. proves once again that he is strong and that his power is made perfect in our weakness. I know we quote that a lot, but do we really right. believe that? And I think what you're saying, you are experiencing that and that's why it's so powerful, you know, um, for you, but that's the truth. Like we, when we run, when we realize we are not, enough on our own we're not sufficient in any way possible on our own to do good or to you know like for greater things other than let me take mm -hmm. care of my own interest um i think when we realize that it's really powerful and very liberating to know that that um well first that our world doesn't have to be so small you know, that we don't have to live this insular survival mentality because no one can live that for too yeah. long and enjoy it. You know, you do it because you to at times, but we're meant for, we're, mm. for more than that. You know, we're, we're meant for more than just primal needs of eat, hunt, <laughs> and, you know, be full, do it again. Like we're meant for, um, to make an impact. And so, I mean, just going back to the beginning of, you know, the message of eliminating the shoulds from our own lives and eliminating the shoulds that we put on others, the world gets a lot quieter. I think focus becomes a mm. lot better when those expectations are kind of no longer in the forefront mm -hmm. of our attention. And when that happens, um, we're able to actually pay attention to what God is doing in us and through us. And you said this before, sometimes we don't even realize that, you know, God is, God's power mm -hmm. is at work. Well, when the shoulds are kind of eliminated from our focus and the voices of shoulds that we put on others and ourselves is no longer kind of our, I don't know, our mm -hmm. filtering system. Um, and it becomes clear that it's an outside voice, not an mm. expectation of the father or his motivation. Even I think we're able to even see God's power at work because then we're able to pay attention to what God is saying and doing in and yeah. through us. So, mm. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just have, I just, you know, I, as much as I would love to have like so many more like thoughts about this and such like that i think like there's something so like satisfactory and something so contends about i think the conversation we just had um just like kind of because mm. like we're really going into i think which is like really nice for me like we're really going into the character of god you know and getting to know like who god really is and like why his mission is so important and why his vision is so important. Right. Because it's like, it, it like the importance is not, I think really felt, or maybe the urgency is not really felt if we miss out or if we fail to see like that, this love is the most important thing um, in this world and beyond it. Right. But like for us, like, because we're here, like, you know, in, in our world and in our lifetime, right. Like, love is agape love like just the father's love is just the most important thing um right and that is the vision mm -hmm. right and that's that's like through christ what um the gift 
of life was for us. And, you know, I think our commission and our call to Christ and for Christ and to the world is because like, this is just like the most satisfying thing. And like God has something great and something beautiful in mind for how we as human beings, um, can live and like really live well and live fully. Um, and I, I really think it's a beautiful message, um, in that like the gospel is beautiful in that, you know, we get to not just experience this, but share this, right? Cause it's like, it's, it's, it's really nice to like even having this conversation with you, Pastor Lydia, it's like, wow, you know, like I'm just kind of filled with wonder and awe and like, just satisfaction about you know what it is that we are living for or like who we are living for um while we're trying to do this you know yeah and i pray my prayer is that the revelation of god's love will be known and seen to the people around us to the listeners to all people that are seeking to be able to really know this love that is mm. so powerful. Um, not so powerful f- to enable us to, um, you know, to do and to act, to share this love with others, but it is so powerful. Like the, the love of God, I think the heart of God is just so, I don't know, it's just so comprehensive. Like he cares about mm. our needs, knows our needs understand our needs for not just daily bread but for to like for tomorrow for the future for our existence for our identity for our being um it's just his love is amazing and i just pray that we as believers and that seekers will come to know that love more it's kind of like what paul prays he says you know, I pray for the wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know mm. God more, to know the depth, the width, and the height of His love, and the power of God in His community. Like that is where you can also witness that love. So I think um, I think it's already framed to know, to be reminded, to not mm. be insular you know, this pandemic to not be insular and in just survival, but that we're called for more is I think already encouraging. Like it's really just another, um, I, I guess mm. like fresh wind. Cause God is working in the pandemic in, in the now it's not on pause, the work of God in mm. us and through us. But if, not, I would say God is working very mm. powerfully in this lockdown. Yeah. True. I mean, I think I experienced it firsthand, which I'm very fortunate to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I certainly am tapped out of any questions at this point. Um, but, uh, but, a, I think that was like a great way for us to, you know, really begin to start reflecting 
on really, I think, like, I think this message is just like real offers like a way for us to really meditate and think about who God is and what this is all about. And, you know, in the previous sermons where we're talking about, you know, talking about our values, um, what our beliefs really are, where we stand in terms of, um, I guess our circumstances or if they, they change what we believe in. But at the end of the day, our beliefs are fundamentally found on the love of Christ and the love of God. And, you know, those are just kind of my reflections about this and my takeaways. And, um, I guess, you know, I, being that I don't have any, any more questions, I was wondering if you have any last thoughts as well, Pilot, or if you have any, you know, words of words to say at this time. No. No. Um, I, yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, maybe just make a list, practical list of the shoulds that really cloud mm. the, the head in thought. Mm. You know, all the ruminating thoughts of what I should be. I should know more. I should be more this or mm. others should be that. You know, all of that. And to just bring that before the Lord and to seek Him and to pay attention to Him, I think, is really mm. the practice and the lesson of drawing here. And I know that God will fill you and I with His immense love that is beyond our you know, our weakness, and he will fill and expand our capacity to exist with purpose mm. in this world. So not just to exist and survive, but to exist with purpose in this world. So, um, yeah, I would just want to encourage you to try that in your practice of self-reflection. Mm. Right on. That's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, that's it. Cool. For me as well. Cool, cool. Um, thank you so much for this conversation and your time to speak about this with me um, for another episode on this podcast. I, I really, uh, you know, throughout COVID and throughout, you know, our podcast sessions beyond that, you know, I've just been truly blessed and I just wanted to make that known. And thank you so much for this conversation again. Well, thanks. Thank you, Joe, as and, well. And uh, thank you all for listening. And please tune in next time as well. We'll see you then.
you bow your heads. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. All right. Hey guys, Day in the Sun is two weeks away. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys uh, where we could worship together outside in the park. And so for those who are interested, we just want to ask you guys and remind you guys to RSVP for the event so we can properly social distance and spend a wonderful time together outdoor in Central Park worshiping together. So just a reminder, it's going to be at 1230 um, at Central Park at Great Hope. Now, for those who can't make it because you might be away or you know in different parts of the world, don't worry, we are going to live feed that event. So you will be there with us and worshiping with us and gathering together to celebrate God um, in one community. So uh, just want to just keep that as an update for you guys and I'll see you guys soon. I'm a member here at 1AU Church, and we're so glad that you were able to attend today's service with us. Um, there are a few community news that I'd like to share with you all. The first announcement is about our tithes and offering. We want to remind all of our members here at 1AU Church to keep God in the center of your life, which includes your finances. You guys can do so through the online payment method shown on the screen. You can give through Venmo at Church 180, Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv, or if PayPal is your preferred method of giving, you can head over to our website at 180church.tv where there is a link to donate through PayPal. If you're a visitor joining us today, welcome. If you feel blessed by their service and you feel led to give, you can do so in the payment methods that I mentioned before. Our next announcement is about our prayer text hotline at 180 Church, which is available on text at 5397prayer and also via email at prayer at 180church.tv. This is a resource for everybody and especially during this difficult time where we need some prayer and support, there is a prayer team that's ready to help you and to pray for all the requests that you may have. Um, if your prayers have been answered, you can also share them on the text hotline and we can celebrate the good news together. Next up is about small groups at 180 Church. These are smaller pockets of our community that meet on a weekly basis where we can dive a little bit deeper into the word and share how the message from that Sunday uh, spoke to us. We have a few different groups that are all meeting virtually now. And if you're not currently connected with a group, you can reach out to Pastor Billy at the email shown on the screen and he can get you plugged in into a group for you. On the topic of community, we also have a number of different social media handles and channels where you can follow us, like us, and love us during the week. We have a Tumblr page at 180BRG where we post a chapter of the Bible a day so you can read through the Bible with us. We also have a Facebook page at 180 Church. Dr. Sammy, our head pastor here at 180 Church, has a Twitter handle at Dr. Sammy Kim. We also have a YouTube channel at 180 Church NYC, where I'm sure most of you guys are watching us right now. And we also have two different Instagram pages at 180 Church and also at 180 BRG, where there are really encouraging posts and verses that get shared there. So I hope you guys will follow us there and be encouraged. We also have the 180 Church podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends, where you can tune into a conversation and a dialogue that goes into goes into the word a little bit deeper with Pastor Lydia and Joe Lu, who is a member of our community here. It's always a great time just listening to them um, converse about how the message has spoke to them and has impacted them, and you can see how it can do the same for you. 
We also have a virtual Winity Cafe on the Discord app where you guys can come hang out at any time in different groups on different channels and it's an easy way to stay connected with the community and also check in with one another. In addition to this, uh, we, have, we have a new addition which is our SoundCloud and it's a worship playlist of all the things that Pastor Lydia has played throughout this pandemic. So if you've been blessed by any song throughout this time, you'll see it there. Use it as a way to connect with God, to remember that God is with you, and to be blessed by Him and to bless others through this situation that's going on. And last but not least, if you'd like to learn more about our church and want to sign up for our weekly emails, you can come visit us at oneychurch.tv. That's it for all of our announcements. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you all next week. Bye.